1: Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With US Bank, it's up to you, because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at USbank.com/credit card. U.S. bank credit cards are issued by U.S Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply member FDIC.
0: Seconds left for three.
2: Welcome to a Christmas Eve edition of the RotoWire NBA podcast. Nick Whalen joined, as usual, by Alex Barutha. Alex, we recorded an episode on Tuesday. You recorded an episode on Wednesday with Ken and Shannon, but we wanted to sneak one more in before the holiday just to recap uh, with so many teams in action over these last two days. Uh, We have not yet had a chance, uh, because of the time that we recorded on Tuesday, to even discuss the games from opening night. So we'll hit those real quickly. Uh, and then we'll kind of just go game by game uh, from Wednesday night and and hit on all the fantasy relevant news and notes from those games. So this one will be probably a little bit shorter uh, than our normal offerings, but we'll try to work through every game and, and make sure we hit on everything. I want to start with Lakers Clippers, the late game from Tuesday. This was like just an absolute classic debut game from a LeBron team like the Lakers were unbelievably sloppy to begin this game they shot the ball horribly LeBron looked pretty terrible for most of this game uh the the defense was nowhere near what it was last year um a good win for the Clippers but you know to me this just felt like kind of like a a blah you know sleepwalking type game for the Lakers on ring night
3: Uh, they got off to a really uh slow start especially like in the first quarter um it was just awful which can happen uh, on ring night right Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times that happens. LeBron also notably sprained his ankle late in the game. I think he checked out with eight minutes left in the fourth, mm-hmm. down eight, never ended up coming back in. Um, yeah, they looked a little sloppy. I'm not worried about them in general. I mean, yeah. it was they got an awesome game on Montrezl Harrell, which it was right. a revenge game for him, so it's not too surprising. Dennis Schroeder also looked really good um Gasol got in foul trouble which is not surprising considering he's he's old and just was like slapping at people basically Gasol
2: Gasol was awful and at the beginning of this game especially he was so so bad and was out of place constantly on defense I I thought that was if there's like one minor minor concern for this game it was the drop off in defense I, I think especially at the big man positions when Gasol was out there
3: yeah. I, I mean, I like Gasol long-term as like an option for them. I, I'd rather have him than JaVale or Dwight. Um, right. You know, I mean, I think Dwight, I mean, JaVale had a good game yesterday, so I, maybe not. Right. But um, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about anything. I guess, you know, the main thing, and I touched on this with Ken and Shannon was Talon Horton Tucker saw only 11 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind of like a deep league flyer, you know, for people's fantasy teams. And it's looking close to a drop right now, um considering you know he he really didn't get that much time, but yeah. I still think he has a chance to to get in there at some point. It's just it's not he doesn't have a clear yeah. path right now.
2: Yeah, I think he'll make an impact this year. I just don't know if it's going to be a fantasy impact. you know, I think he'll have games every now and then, especially if LeBron sits or if there's an injury somewhere else where where he can have a game where he'll he'll play thirty two minutes out of nowhere, but i just I don't see it being consistent enough. you can really justify a roster position you know unless you're in uh, like a a draft and hold league or you have a lot of a lot of spots to burn the only other takeaway for me in this one was Paul George was awesome like he's the reason the Clippers won this game I mean they they jumped out to a huge lead in the first quarter the second quarter was complete opposite uh, and the Lakers are only down two at the half and you know that stretch where LeBron rolled his ankle he's on the bench for a little bit like Paul George immediately just started hitting everything I mean he finished 13 of 18 uh, like I said, kind of single-handedly won them this game around the end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, but that, with that said, I, I think with, with Paul George, it, it's almost like kind of kind of a, a more severe version of like how people are going to view Giannis this year. Like Paul George could average forty a game this season; he could shoot eighty percent from the floor. None of it's going to matter for him reputation-wise until he actually does it in the postseason.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. It was good to see him at least see thirty-six minutes because last year's minutes were down. Um, but yeah, he, he has to basically have an entire season of like redemption for people to really take him seriously. And it'll, yeah. it's going to take him probably more than one round of the playoffs too. Oh yeah, absolutely. The early game on Tuesday
2: was one of the worst basketball games com- competition wise that we've seen in a while. Uh, I, I think this game looked a little better when they first announced it and Clay Thompson uh, was fully healthy, but. You know, the Warriors were also without Draymond Green. This was a complete beatdown from start to finish. And, I mean, honestly, it looked a lot like the beginning of some of these Nets preseason games where they were steamrolling the Wizards and steamrolling the Celtics. I mean, I the alarm bells are certainly going off if you're the Warriors. Everybody except Steph Curry looked awful, I guess with the exception of James Wiseman, who we'll get to in a second. But Andrew Wiggins was terrible. Kelly Oubre was not good in this game. The Warriors bench was as bad as we thought it would be. But on the other end, I mean, it wasn't all the Warriors playing badly. It was just – I mean, this this Nets offense is – it's pretty unbelievable. I mean, Kevin Durant looks 100% like Durant. Kyrie Irving uh, was maybe even better than Durant in this game. Um, and then Karis LeVert, I think, who uh, – there were some questions about, you know, how do you go from kind of being the number one guy for a lot of last year to now being the third guy at best. Coming off the bench, I, I thought he was fantastic. I mean, the Nets – the Nets are really deep. They're they're obviously super talented at the top. So this was a, a pretty big disappointment, I think, for Golden State. But I think if it, maybe more so than that, it, it just makes me feel even more encouraged about the Nets.
3: Yeah, Karius Levert still playing really well. And still seeing like 25 minutes off the bench in a blowout was was good to see, especially for fantasy. Um, yeah, and this Brooklyn's so hard to guard because they basically killed the Warriors on jump shooting and mostly mid range jump shooting and like floaters, um, which are obviously hard to guard. Like you have Durant and Kyrie who are both can just pull up from 16 feet and just drill shots over and over and over again. Um, It's I I don't think the Warriors are quite as bad as they looked. And I don't think Brooklyn's quite as good as they looked, but I already start, I'm already starting to feel bad for Steph Curry. Like Wiggins was awful, awful. Uh, um, at one point, he tried a spin move into a step back without dribbling. And I was like, who, yeah. I, who yeah. is, I've never thought about doing that in my life because it's just so obvious that it's not a legal play. Like, <laughs> this
2: might have been his worst game in a Warriors uniform. And he didn't play that many last year. But, I mean, what a time for that to happen. I mean, he was you, you can't overstate how bad he was in this game. My takeaway though is like, I, I don't look at this and say, man, if they had Draymond Green, they, maybe they win this game. Right. It, it didn't feel that way at all. I, I don't know that Draymond would have affected the outcome whatsoever. No, their bench is awful.
3: And I, I know Draymond being there would, would eat up like 30 minutes and you wouldn't have to see as much Marquise Chris and Juan Toscano Anderson and Brad, you know whoever else, yeah. Brad Wanamaker, Mulder, Poole, but like, the only person who took more than three shots off the bench was Marquise Chris. Like they just don't have anyone on their bench. That's going to be able to really step in. I mean, maybe that guy becomes Pascal, but he also only took six shots in the starting lineup. So who knows? Yeah. Disappointing all around
2: uh, for the Warriors. What were your impressions of Wiseman before we moved to Wednesday's games?
3: I mean, it's, he's an insane athlete. It's very clear. He's an NBA athlete. His hands weren't great. And, you know, I, he, I think they – towards the end of the game, they let him shoot a little bit more than I think he would have normally. But they're also so desperate for offense. Like I saw people on Twitter being like, well, you know, you shouldn't be taking those shots and stuff like that. It's like there's no one else on this team besides Curry, Oubre, and Wiggins who are taking shots. And do you even want Wiggins taking that many shots? Um, so I, I thought he looked really good. I mean, so far he looks like the best rookie, right? But Melo Ball had a terrible game. Um, we'll, we'll get to LaMelo. Yeah, I, I thought he looked fine.
2: I mean, the big thing to me, and, and you mentioned it right away, is his hands were awful in this game. Like right. He had like three, three dunks or layups that he just kind of booted out of bounds or fumbled underneath the basket and got tied up. Uh, but You could probably chalk that up to rookie jitters. That was not really something that was labeled as a concern for him coming out of high school or college. But yeah, the hands were not super soft, uh, but the touch looked good. I mean, he knocked down a three. The, the, the form is a little iffy. Uh, although I think part of that is he's left-handed. So it just like looks naturally more weird. Like he has the ball way up above his head, but he was one of one from beyond the arc was four of eight at the line, not ideal. Uh, but again, with, with, with him, you know, a guy who's basically played like three games in the last calendar year, uh, we'll, we'll need a larger sample. And overall, I, I thought it was encouraging. Like you said, the athleticism and even the size, like he, a lot of rookies look big in college or high school and then get to the league and all of a sudden they look small. He, he looks like he has an NBA body already at this age. Definitely. Definitely. All right, let's move to Wednesday. 13 games on the slate. So we'll rifle through these pretty quickly. I think we have to start with Sacramento and Denver, which was, I mean, this is going to be one of the games of the year in terms of the competitiveness 124, 122 in favor of the Kings. This one went into overtime. Uh, Buddy Hield tipping in a Harrison Barnes missed dunk uh, right at the buzzer. Again, not, not you don't want to take too much away from, from an opening night game, but uh, an encouraging performance, I thought, by Sacramento. I mean, this was a team that, especially based on how they looked in parts of the preseason, not a lot of improvement over the offseason. If anything, you know, you lose a key piece in Bogdanovich, uh, but an impressive win, I, I thought, for Sacramento. And you know, I, I think this is a team that, that felt like it took a pretty big step backwards last year compared to the year before. I, I still don't have a lot of faith in them long-term, but nonetheless, a,
3: a, a nice start to the year. Getting, you know, a a solid 27 minutes out of Marvin Bagley's nice, um, 13 points, nine rebounds. You know, Darren Fox looked good, uh, basically posted what we would expect him to post an average, which was 21 and seven with four rebounds, a steal, only two turnovers. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Kings did a good job of taking care of the ball, so did the Nuggets, but yeah, the. This, this, it's funny because this is an ending we would expect the Kings to be on the wrong side of, Right but now it's the Nuggets.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fantasy wise, Bagley 13 and nine fouled out 27 minutes. That's not super encouraging, but, but the numbers are probably about what you'd expect. No assists, no steals, one block. I think that's going to be probably how it goes this year. I mean, it could, could be like a 16 and 10 guy, but really not going to give you much else. Harrison Barnes had one of the best games he's had in a long time, 21-9-5-2 steals. Uh, De'Aaron Fox was very good in this game, 39 minutes played. Buddy Heald had five threes. Uh, and then Tyrese Halliburton played 30 minutes off the bench. Again, it was, it was overtime, but um, this is a really shallow team. We, we kind of figured they wouldn't have many other options. It's the only real guards off the bench, and the only two that played off the bench in this game were, were Halliburton and Corey Joseph. And – I, I think this is pretty representative of how it's gonna go going forward. Like there's it's not like they had somebody hurt or some obvious guy who didn't play, right?
3: No, I know people wanted Kyle Guy to play, but yeah, Kyle did not play. Guy did not play. Um I think Glenn Robinson can maybe get some minutes with this team, but you're right. Like it's 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 Joseph and Halliburton coming off the bench. And I think ideally you want those minutes going to Halliburton longer term. But he's already getting there, I mean, if this was not overtime, he probably would have still saw 26, 27 minutes. So, yeah. Um, good start for him in a, in a first game.
2: Yeah. Nice start for Michael Porter as well. 24 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals, three blocks in 30 minutes. Uh, had three fouls in this game, maybe a little bit limited early on. 29, 15, 14, and three blocks for Jokic. One of the best individual, maybe the best individual fantasy performance that we saw. Uh, on opening night, but but again, tough loss for Dallas or Dallas Denver, um, but probably not something to read too far into. I just want to go down the line now. And Bucks Celtics was the game that I kept an eye on most in the early window. That was a TNT game, obviously the local game for us as well. Not a great ending uh, for for Giannis and for the Bucks. I I, I said to you off air, was there anyone in the world, especially Bucks fans, watching that game and thinking, yes, Giannis is for sure going to go knock down both of these to tie this game?
3: No, I that was that was never going to happen. I was never going to have any confidence in that.
2: No. No. Good numbers for Giannis in this game. 35-13, two, two assists, two blocks, you know, 13 to 26 from the field. Played 36 minutes. I think that's probably the biggest takeaway. He said after the game that that he does want to play more and plans to play more this season. So that's huge. Six of eight at the line overall, Knocked down three threes. There's a lot to be encouraged about. You know, the, the two drawbacks are Obviously, missing that free throw at the end—it wasn't even close. Uh, and like a minute earlier, he had airballed a top of the key pull-up three with a little over a minute left. That was equally demoralizing. Uh, and then seven turnovers for Giannis, which you know, if you're in a, a nine-category league, that's obviously a, a pretty big issue.
3: Those turnovers, a lot of those were offensive foul turnovers. Yeah. Um, which he still—I was hoping he would not just drive straight into people. He. Basically just elbowed Grant Williams in the face. Didn't even try to really do a move on him. Just ran straight at him and elbowed him in the head. Mm -hmm. Um, I was hoping Giannis, instead of shooting eight threes a game, would just try to be more patient in the lane. Use some footwork. Maybe get a baby hook. But apparently not. Mm -hmm. Um, Middleton had a fantastic game also. 27 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists. Uh, Drew Holiday looked pretty good in the debut. Definitely adds something that Bledsoe didn't, which was just like a kind of a crafty guard who can score from kind of anywhere. Uh, DiVincenzo also looked good as a starter. Pretty encouraged by that. But the, I, one of the main takeaways for me is the Bucks bench is awful at least it looks awful right now. Um, DJ Wilson was out there for 13 minutes. And I was like, wow, DJ Wilson's giving them some good minutes, which is a sign that your bench is awful. Yep. Um, you know, Bryn Forbes hit some corner threes. Congleton did his you know usual thing. He gets six points, but it's not encouraging.
2: They really struggled when Brooke Lopez was out of the game, especially with, I mean, Boston started Tice and Thompson. And I mean, Tristan Thompson had four offensive rebounds. Milwaukee dominated the glass for the most part, but in those those, uh, I think it was like 19 minutes without Brooke Lopez. They the Bucks were you know minus 22, um, right. and and that was a that was what swung the game. I mean, I, I thought Bobby Portis was was really really bad in this game. He looked he looked terrible. Uh, Pat Connaughton struggled as well. Um, he was guarding Jason Tatum late in this game for some reason while Giannis was kind of just roaming around. Um, I mean, Boston knocked down 18 threes. It was a nice performance for them as well. Jalen Brown, 33 points. Tatum obviously had the, the game winner uh, on that banked-in three. Um, but, yeah, a, a little bit of a concern for Milwaukee, which I, th- I thought looked really good to begin this game, uh, th- especially how, how kind of iffy they looked in the preseason. I was kind of wondering how they would start. They looked like the Bucks of old in the first quarter, but but that third quarter, I think Boston had the lead up to, like, 15 or 16 at one point. So this, this was kind of a weird up-and-down game. Uh, we'll see, though. I mean, the Bucs have a pretty big opportunity now, uh, I think against the Warriors at home on Christmas day for a game that looked like it would be a lot more difficult a few weeks ago.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm expecting the the bucks to kind of bounce back in a pretty big way during that game. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's the other thing with golden state, like if golden state com- comes out and gets blown out again, and I know they will be without Draymond and they're, they're playing arguably, you know, two of the top four teams in the entire league to start the year. It's a tough break, but if they lose that game by 25, I don't know. I, I think people are going to start piling on even more.
3: Yeah, then it will get rough. I mean, yeah, they will have played basically two of the best teams in the league. But um, if it's a blowout, then obviously those conversations are going to happen.
2: Hey, NBA fans. Owner's Box is here to reinvent the way you play fantasy sports this season. Owner's Box is not DFS. They're the first ever weekly fantasy sports platform to combine the best elements of daily and season-long fantasy. Owner's Box is a head-to-head elimination-style format that keeps players engaged through live snake drafts and a new layer of strategy that allows you to become the ultimate fantasy GM. Compete with your opponent over seven days of fierce competition and get paid out weekly on owner's box. Users can brand themselves and engage socially on the platform in multiple different ways, add friends, create custom leagues and rank up to elevate the trash talk and competition to the next level. Users are able to draft a new team every single day and, and participate in different types of contests to keep the fantasy experience fresh and fun so you're never out of the game. To tip off the NBA season, if you sign up free now, Owner's Box will match your first deposit up to $500. Think you got what it takes to be a weekly fantasy GM? Visit ownersbox.com slash rotowire to claim your bonus and make a name for yourself today. All right, the marquee game from last night, Hornets at Cavaliers in the early window. The Cavs looked shockingly competent in this game, and had it not been for 10 three-pointers from Terry Rozier, I think this one would have gotten even more out of hand.
3: This game was shocking uh, in a lot of ways, including Larry Nance Jr. having 30 fantasy points by halftime, which was uh, pretty alarming, just like checking my my FanDuel lineups and seeing that uh, going on. He finished with 13 points, 13 rebounds, eight assists, three steals, and two blocks.
2: Can we get just this what Larry guy? A, does I don't can, know, can we get this guy a the good office. team?
3: Like, <laughs> yeah. I there's no reason for him to be doing this on the Cavaliers. Yeah, it's gonna be it's um, gonna be nice
2: when Love is back and he's playing like 19 minutes a night off the bench.
3: Right, um, but yeah, the entire the entire Cavs starting lineup played really well. Everyone had at least 20 fantasy points. Yeah, um, Garland was. I think I think Garland is the main takeaway because oh, yeah. he was not good as a rookie. Uh, 22, six and six, obviously good, uh, mm. four threes, uh, which, which was nice. And then, I mean, the Hornets obviously like 42 points out of Terry Rozier, yeah. uh, after everyone like let him slip in drafts to like a past pick 100 because LaMelo balls on the team now, like Devonte Graham and Terry Rozier, am I going to being like some of the best steals of the fantasy season just because people are so high on LaMelo ball.
2: Yeah, tough night for Devontae Graham from the field, at least two of nine from three, four of 13 overall, but did have 10 assists in this game. Uh, and like you said, Rozier, I mean, had the game of his life. You get 70 points from Hayward and Rozier and you still lose to the Cavaliers.
3: That's, that is awful. Yeah. I mean, they have a, they have a bad bench, obviously the, the Hornets and they, and they lost Kobe Zeller. Kobe Zeller broke his hand. Yep. So they're, the bench both. is even, yeah, but I, I don't even think that's, it's not that big of a deal for them because I think ideally this team should be just going for it with PJ Washington at Dude, center. Honestly, yeah, I think this is a blessing in
2: disguise. I'm with you. I, I saw Barago today. It was like, I'm very comfortable with Bisback Bayambo as our starting center. Why? Why would you be comfortable <laughs> with that? Nobody should be comfortable with that. But yeah, I think if, if anything, it just forces you to play the lineup you probably should be playing more.
3: 100%, yeah. Yeah.
2: All right, last thing on the Hornets. You mentioned ball 16 minutes, 0 of 5 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3, 3 turnovers, 3 assists. Didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, this this wasn't wasn't a great game by him, obviously. Um, he'll, he'll play better. He'll probably have some worse games as well. But <laughs> I, I think you and I, one game in, 71 to go. We're, we're on the right side of history so far.
3: Uh, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, James Wiseman looking like their right pick so far. Yeah.
2: Speaking of being on the right side of history, R.J. Barrett. Uh, Not a great second half. We don't need to touch on that. But perfect from the field in the first half. Um, Had one of his better games uh, of his young career, 26, 8, and 5. Again, the Knicks looked really, really good in the first half. Shockingly good. Uh, Got a nice game from Alec Burks, 22 points off the bench. But uh, Indiana uh, kind of put its foot down in the second half. Uh, Pretty huge uh, margin. They, They win the second half by, I think it was like 19 points. They held the Knicks to 16 points in the third quarter after they put up 33 in each of the first two quarters. Uh, So it, you know, all in all, it was kind of same old Knicks, Um, but they, they looked borderline competent for, I would say roughly like 32 minutes of this game.
3: Yeah. Other than Barrett, I think the main takeaway here is uh, Alec Burks playing 32 minutes and taking 12 shots. Obviously you mentioned 22 points, Mm -hmm. definitely a waiver wire guy if he wasn't drafted in your league. Um, And then for the, I mean, for the Pacers, Sabonis with a monster game, 32, 13, and five. Brogdon, monster game, 21, eight, and seven. McDermott, a pretty good game, but that just ultimately doesn't really matter. Yep. Um, Sabonis yeah. knocked
2: down two threes, too.
3: <clears throat> yeah, see, I was I was wondering if he would start to shoot more threes because basically when he was in Oklahoma City, that's all they had him doing. And he obviously has a good shot because he's such a good free throw shooter. So I, I think that's kind of – that's the, the, the clear next step in his game other than um, – trying to become a better defender, which is way harder than shooting threes. Right.
2: Julius Randle, by the way, low-key five by 5 17 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, 5 turnovers, 5 fouls. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, classic Julius Randle. Uh, yeah. Still got his customary 35 fantasy points, though, so yeah. that's really all that mattered. Miami going on the road to Orlando, loses this game,
2: 113-107. Ridiculously sloppy game by the Heat. Uh, a ton of turnovers, especially early on. Um, allowing Orlando to hang around and hang around and hang around. And, you know, Miami just, like I said, just kind of kept playing with his food and, and ultimately it was too late. Six turnovers for Butler, seven turnovers for Pam Adebayo in 35 minutes. He was great elsewhere, 25, 11, and four. Uh, we saw Tyler Hero start at point guard. We saw Mo Harkless start at power forward. I, I don't know if either of those things are, are locked in. Goran Dragic was awesome off the bench, 27 and four in his 26 minutes. Uh, we saw a little bit of Kendrick Dunn. I, I wouldn't be shocked if at some point uh, they do want to get Dragic in the starting five. But um, you know, you and I were were a little bit lower, I think, on Miami uh, coming into the year. And you know, a lot, a lot of the the shows and whatnot that we've done, we've been asked about their over under. And you know, one of the things I've said is that they were just such a completely different team in the bubble, especially intensity wise. Uh, you know, the way that Jimmy Butler turned things up, even even with his minutes, um, was night and day from the regular season. I think the Heat still have that ceiling, uh, but I, I don't really expect them to, like, rip through the regular season and be the same team that we saw in the bubble.
3: No, I mean, none saw eight minutes. I think you'll see more. He's coming off a injury. Yep. Uh, but even still, yeah, I, Harkless is not as good as Jay Crowder, and that, that shouldn't be, like, the defining moment of the, the Heat's offseason. But there are a lot of nights where Mo Harkless will give you zero, like just nothing. And Jake Crowder will always – he always finds his way into the box score, right? Um, I, I'm not that worried about the heat in general. I am um, I think bringing Dragic off the bench is fine. They'll continue doing that. Um, you know, I think to me this is just more about, like, the magic, getting a lot of great performances out of guys. Um, Aaron Gordon, especially, playing really well. Like, I was worried he'd have a terrible first game. He looked great in the preseason. Yeah. I was like, oh, going against Miami, there's no way he has a good game. 20 points, seven rebounds, four steals – Vucevic obviously was good. Um Fournier had a great game. Uh Cole Anthony played pretty well. Um, like not great, but you know, six and six with two steals yeah. in nineteen minutes is fine.
2: Yeah. Uh, my only other note from this game is Avery Bradley, DNP for the Heat. That was surprising.
3: A little bit. Yeah. I I wasn't really sure what the Avery Bradley signing was about. I just thought it was I mean, they didn't pay him that much at all. Um and the backcourt's really crowded, right? Like yeah. they have a ton of just guys who can play minutes there. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I I just think he's better than DNP
2: status. I mean, this guy was starting for the best team in the league for most of last year. I I mean, I would play him like over Kendrick Nunn, I would think. Um, although they went big, you know, they played, they played Ochiwa. They played Olenek off the bench. Um, you know, didn't play Myers Leonard at all. They They almost do have one too many guys, maybe two too many guys now. And that was the case last year where if Olinick played, Leonard didn't play. If Leonard played, Olenek didn't play. And then you, when they threw Iguodala into the mix, that just kind of added another body who you're you're essentially obligated to give 15 to 20 minutes to on most nights.
3: Yeah, maybe they'll do a similar thing with Bradley and Iguodala, yeah. where Iguodala takes games off, Bradley takes games off. They kind of switch. Yeah. The RotoWire
2: NBA podcast is brought to you by BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That is why BetMGM has teamed up with Rotowire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month Rotowire subscription when you place your first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website and use promo code ROTO, that's ROTO, R-O-T-O, to claim your free subscription. Once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of Rotowire's Unmatched Sports Insights, Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada and 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Wizard Sixers. Uh, this was turned out to be one of the better games of the night. Um, Philly gets the 113-107 victory. Uh, But they trailed pretty big going into the fourth quarter. They outscore Washington 40-24 to in the final period. Triple-double for Westbrook, kind of a vintage Russell Westbrook debut. I think if we could have scripted how this would go, he would have a huge triple-double. He would go 9 of 22 from the field. He would turn it over six times, and the Wizards would lose the game. Uh, The Westbrook-Bio combo I thought looked really good, but the Wizards got almost nothing from from anybody else other than Bertans hitting four threes off the bench.
3: Yeah, Bertans' minutes were limited. He had visa issues, so he is conditioning is not right. So if you're in your fantasy league and wondering why Bratons is seeing like 20 minutes a game for the next few games, it's just because mm-hmm. he's not he's not in good enough shape yet. Um, yeah, Avdia started, just kind of did. He, he was okay. Um, yeah, they the, the 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 Wizards just don't have a lot of legit, I guess NBA talent around Westbrook and Beal, um, mm-hmm. Thomas Bryant still their third best player, probably. Depends how you feel about Bertans. Um, you know, in the East, you can do a lot with, with Westbrook mm-hmm. and Beals, your two best players, but it's uh it, they will have an interesting season, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, for the Sixers, it was kind of the same old, you know, Embiid, 20, 29 and 14 with a block. Simmons, 16, 9, 7, 2 steals, 3 blocks, 2 of 6 at the free throw line. They got a very bad game from Tobias Harris. He was 3 of 13, 0 of 4 from 3. Uh, I mean, if he plays marginally better, this is a game that they're you know not forced to, to make a big comeback at the end. Danny Green was awful. 0 of 4 from 3, 1 of 6, minus 27 in 18 minutes. Danny Green, I just want to issue a reminder, is not a good basketball player anymore. Seth Curry, I, I think, fits in well on paper with this team. Didn't shoot it all that well in this game. I mean, the Sixers were 8 of 28 uh, from 3 as a team. So really nobody shot it well at all. Um, and then speaking of DNPs, you know, kind of in the same vein as, as Avery Bradley, but to me this one was even more surprising. We only saw Matisse Stiebel for one defensive possession with 43 seconds left in this game. It was essentially a DNP.
3: Very surprising. Yeah. Uh, you would think that uh, you would be basically competing with Danny Green for minutes. Uh, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, Tyrese Maxey even got 11 minutes. Yeah. Um, Mike Scott got 17 minutes. So yeah, him him not really playing was surprising. Um, uh, maybe just doc rivers doesn't like him uh to, i mean to well, me, doc, De- doc did say
2: after the game that he'll you know he'll get his opportunities so we'll see what oh that boy means.
3: that's rough um biggest takeaway for me shake milton 30 minutes off the bench uh 19 points three assists three steals was also kind of in that category of like late round fantasy option um and so far it's looking like if you if you got him, that's that's a that's a strong option
2: Pelicans 113 Raptors 99 uh, Brandon Ingram 24 11 assists nine rebounds three steals one block one of the better overall performances that we saw on Wednesday relatively quiet night for Zion uh, seven of nine from the field uh, 10 rebounds 15 points like it was a fine game um, but you know when he's typically when he's been out there he'll take close to 20 shots you know if he gets the ball anywhere near the basket it's usually going up Uh, Toronto did a good job kind of walling him off in this game, forced him into six turnovers. Zion was just one of four at the free throw line as well. That's going to be the big thing to monitor with him. I thought Lonzo Ball looked very good in this game. His jump shot looks even better this year than it did at the end of last year. Like That hitch and kind of bringing it to the other side of his head is completely gone at this point. Pelicans got a huge boost from J.J. Redick as well, 6 of 11 from 3. I mean, there were times last year where he was basically out of the rotation for this team. And, and we'll see. I mean, he's not going to hit six threes every game, of course. But if he's playing 25 to 30 minutes, he played 29 in this one. Uh, certainly a guy who was going undrafted or was the last pick in a lot of drafts um, could be available. Pretty disappointing showing, I thought, from Toronto. I, mean, I, I think overall, look, looking at, at every team in the league, you know, expectations versus what we saw in night one. And for Toronto to come out and put up 99 points against the Pelicans team that was terrible on defense last year, still has some holes on that end. Um, pretty discouraging performance. But again, I mean Toronto is is one of those teams that's certainly earned the benefit of the doubt.
3: Yeah, Bledsoe seeing 34 minutes, I think, is also noteworthy. Yeah. Um, someone we saw basically see 28, 29 minutes a game with the Bucks last year. He took 12 shots, also had six assists. Uh good game overall for him. So I'm feeling pretty good about his like his fantasy stock. But yeah, Toronto. Not great showing. Ananobi had a sketchy first half, kind of picked it back up. It still only had eight points on ten shots. Um, you know, Baines had a solid debut, but again, this is a team. Their bench is not good. They're they're going to be desperate a lot of nights for offense because um, you're not always going to get twelve points from Chris Boucher as much as everyone would love for that to happen. Um, Norman Powell is really like their six man. Matt Thomas got twenty minutes. Um, everyone else. I just need. To, I mean, the thing is, you know, this is the first game of the year against the Pelicans, and you need to play Siakam thirty nine minutes, and thirty six minutes of Lowry, Kyle thirty five year old Kyle Lowry thirty nine minutes, Van Fleet thirty minutes, and Matt Thomas twenty minutes off your bench. Like that is, yeah, that is not great.
2: Fourteen of forty six from three. I mean, that's the story. Really, virtually nobody other than Matt Thomas had a positive shooting game, I and mean, Lowry was four of nine, I guess, from three, but. You know, those guys are accounting for for half of your three-point production. That's not ideal. Hawks-Bulls. Actually, I take back what I said about the the Raptors being the most disappointing team. I I think the Bulls had the worst showing of any team. Given the opponent, given the expectations, I mean, they were really, really bad. This game, the final score does not explain how how bad Chicago was. They were down 40-plus at points in this game.
3: They were. Um, This was – bring back Jim Boylan. <laughs> let's start the let's start the hashtag. Yeah. Um, this Some, cr- was... Some
2: credit goes to the Hawks, but like I, I almost feel like this is more on Chicago than it is Atlanta playing well.
3: Uh yeah, for sure. Atlanta not in non-garbage time, uh, basically won this game by twenty-seven. Um, per cleaning the class, but yeah, yeah. I mean they only needed. 18 minutes out of John Collins and 26 minutes out of Trey Young, which tells you how it, how it went. Right. Yeah. Like they played Solomon Hill, 28 minutes. Like that's how much of a blowout it was. Um, you know, I, so I don't even know what we can really take away from, from the Hawks um, because we didn't even see their rotation. And um, the bulls, I mean, Markkinen had a nice game, kind of a, I, I don't want to call it a redemption game for marketing, but didn't get a rookie extension. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, 21, seven and four on good efficiency. That's always nice. Patrick Williams had a nice game. But again, like this is so much garbage time. How how much of that is real? It's it's tough to tell at this point.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're going Williams, Wendell Carter, Kobe White, and Zach Levine were three for 20 from three. I mean, the Bulls were miserable on offense and and somehow significantly worse on defense. I mean, Atlanta had 83 points in the first half. And this is an improved Hawks team, but my God, I mean, Trey Young is 10 of 12 from the field. Like you said, John Collins you know, did fine considering he was in foul trouble and played only 18 minutes. Um, not a lot to take away rotation-wise. I think that it is worth noting though, that Atlanta did go, um, you know, no clean Capella. So Gallinari is in the starting lineup. Uh, we, we do expect him to move to the bench when Capella is healthy. Uh, and then they went Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter over Bogdan Bogdanovich and Kevin Herter. So I, I don't think this is locked in. I wouldn't be surprised if, if at times we see both of those guys kind of cycle in and out. Um, but based on how this went in night one, I, I think, you know, when Capella's back, he slides in. Um, but they probably roll with with Hunter and Reddish, at least for now.
3: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think Bogdan off the bench makes sense, right? He can yeah. do a little bit of everything. He can run your second unit. So I think, I think that's all right.
2: Uh, what do we have next? Spurs, Grizzlies? I believe uh, sure. this is one where, I mean, San Antonio, we you don't see a lot of games like the, the Spurs the last few years are not the team that's piling up 131 points in regulation. You know, <laughs> they scored at least 30 points in every quarter of this game uh, and just continued to pick up steam. It's really impressive. Um, you know, part of this is a Memphis team that you and I have both been pretty down on made almost no improvements. Uh, we're kind of burying the lead in that John Morant had 44 points and you know, that was a career high. Look. looked Looked as spectacular as he did during the preseason, um, but Memphis just, especially without Jaron Jackson, if if Morant wasn't getting a bucket, it was the offense was just completely bogged down. They brought Brandon Clark off the bench; he was limited during preseason. Um, you know, again, with no Jackson, it's it's pretty bare outside of Morant.
3: Yeah, I'm starting to regret the lack of John Morant I have in my fantasy leagues. Yeah, 44 points, nine assists, one turnover. And he was doing similar stuff in the preseason. Yep. So I think this is just going to be a huge, huge year for him. Definitely a good chance I think he wins most improved, even yeah. after winning rookie of the year, um, if he keeps up this kind of stuff. But, mm-hmm. yeah, um, Spurs, man. I mean, this game had a high over-under, which was surprising. And, it. I mean, it crashed through it. Uh, I think it was over 230. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Lonnie Walker looks great. Um, 16 points on nine shots. Super athletic, obviously. Keldon Johnson. 16 points, five rebounds, three assists, three steals looked good. Yep. Um, you know, when Derek White comes back, I think early to mid-January, I assume Kelvin Johnson's going to be the one to, to lose his minutes, but it could also be Devin Fassell. Who knows? I mean, maybe yeah. Patty Mills. I mean, Patty, I don't know. Patty Mills is just guaranteed 19 minutes a game, so I don't yep. know about that. But, yeah, Spurs, I, they might just be run and gun at this point. Aldridge is shooting threes, so mm-hmm. –
2: yeah. DeJounte Murray, I thought looked good. 21, nine assists, six rebounds, two steals for him. Uh, I, I think if, I mean, if he, it, the, the big thing with him last year is he averaged like 26 minutes a game. He played 31 in this one, uh, was able to stay out of foul trouble. Like if he's playing 30 plus minutes, I think, I mean, he's not going to win most approved, but he'll, he'll certainly be, uh, I think on that watch list. That's a good call with Morant, by the way. I mean, it's, it's only one game, but <laughs> that that seemed like ridiculously sustainable. Like that was a, that was an easy 44 points. I mean, he's going off the backboard to himself. You don't see a, you don't see a whole lot of like six, three point guards doing things like that um, to put up 44 points on eight free throws. And with only one made three is, is really impressive.
0: Yeah.
3: The more, the more I watch him, the more I think he's just an unbelievable player. Like he's going to be yeah. one of the best point guards. I think probably in NBA history. I don't think that's insane to say, I mean, he's going to be an all-star. Right. I mean, there's no I question so. he's going to be an all-star within the next few years. And at that point, if you're an all-star for like 10 years, yeah. that's, that's that.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's, he's certainly on that trajectory. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this one. This is easily the most depressing game of the night. Pistons at Timberwolves. Minnesota gets the win, 111-101, uh, a furious fourth-quarter comeback. They outscored Detroit by 15 in the fourth. Minnesota got off to a terrible start offensively in this game. I, th- I think they had like three points, <clears throat> excuse me, like five minutes into this game. It was, it was very reminiscent uh, of that Wisconsin-Nebraska game from the other night in the Big Ten. Towns looked great. Uh, Malik Beasley gave the Wolves 23 points. Uh, D'Angelo Russell came off the bench in this one. Some issue with I, – I, it sounded to me like he like showed up late for his COVID test because I, I don't know why you would punish a player – if the COVID test just took longer to get the results, like he basically missed shoot around because he didn't get tested on time. So he comes off the bench, uh, still played 33 minutes. We would expect him uh, to re- you know, replace Ricky Rubio for their next game. I thought Anthony Edwards looked okay. It was kind of the same game that he played in the preseason over and over where you're like, Oh, 15 points. Nice. Four rebounds, four assists. Okay. All right. Five of 12 from the field. One of five from three. Um, kind of the type of games I think we're going to expect from him where like the scoring should be there. You know, the counting stats will be okay, but the efficiency just probably won't really be where it needs to be this season.
3: Yeah. I'm with you on that. I mean, they got, the Wolves got a pretty balanced effort for the most part from a lot, like a lot of different guys contributed. Even Nas Reed ended up, you know, three blocks, eight points, five rebounds. Um, Yeah. The Pistons, Blake did not have a good game, which almost certainly sinks you. Uh, If Mason Plumlee has more, uh, fantasy points and Blake Griffin, you probably lost the game. Uh, I guess I, DeLon Wright playing only 19 minutes is crushing for everybody who still believes in DeLon Wright being like a 30-minute-per-game guy. Yep. Um, Josh Jackson, though, he's here. He 30, here. 29 29 minutes, 19 points, six rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Um, and then obviously Derek Rose played well. Yep. So, but to me, yeah, the main takeaways from – at least from the Piston side, is DeLon Wright not seeing that many minutes um, and Josh Jackson seeing a lot of minutes. And
2: Jeremy Grant looking just as bad as he did in the preseason.
3: With that too, yeah. Yeah,
2: no, not, not a super encouraging uh, game for Detroit overall. Um, but, yeah, the Josh Jackson thing is going to be going to be worth monitoring. I mean, if he has a few more games even close to this to begin the year, I, I think there's a case that maybe he ends up like moving into the lineup or into the starting lineup, I should say, over DeLon Wright. Um, but I mean, if, if he's going to get close to 30 minutes off the bench, like this game was close enough that you would like to think it was like somewhat of a preview of, of how this rotation is going to work. He plays 29 minutes. Like that's, I mean, that's basically a starting role.
3: It should be. I mean, they weren't really down, you know, I mean, they were like basically minus nine in non-garbage time. I don't know how much garbage time was that Well, I mean, they were, they were
2: leading the game going into the fourth.
3: Right. So, um, yeah, Josh Jackson, I would say, keep an eye on Mm -hmm. for sure.
2: Utah, 120, Portland, 100. This was a a bizarre game for the Blazers, who a lot of people are high on. You get one point out of Robert Covington. Uh, Joseph Nurkic only plays 22 minutes, despite not really being in foul trouble. Damian Lillard had, I I would would say pretty comfortably, uh, that this is the worst game he'll have all season. It just happened to come on night one. Uh, He had zero points at halftime, four of 12 from the field, one of seven from three, finishes with just nine points, seven assists, four rebounds. Uh, disastrous debut for for Damian Lillard and the Blazers. But uh, on the other side, you know, some credit is due to to the Utah Jazz. You go 19 of 50 from three. Uh, that was the most three-point attempts any team took in its first game this week. Uh, nice game from Jordan Clarkson off the bench. Uh, but this one was was out of hand pretty early. I mean, well within hand going into the fourth.
3: It was. Gobert looked awesome in this game. I didn't yep. even realize Lillard had this back of a game because I only watched the second half. And yeah. he was like, he was fine. And five. In the second half, yeah. Right. And I was like, oh, Lillard's having a solid game. And I look at the box score. It's like, wait, did I watch him score all of his points? And apparently yeah. I did. Um, yeah, Gobert had a really easy time. And Joe Ingles, great game off the bench. You know, 14 points, seven assists, five rebounds, a steal, and a block. Um, you know, someone who, again, you could get super late in drafts this year because last year yeah. was kind of a down year for him. So, He's not going to keep that up, but if he can you know, bounce back a little bit, that'll be great. Um, other than that, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to pull from this game because it it, it was such a blowout.
2: Yeah, not a whole lot else to say there. Um, you know, David Mitchell, about what you'd expect in a game that, that wasn't all that competitive. Uh, Derek Fabers back as the backup center for the Jazz. Mike Conley, I thought, looked fine, hit four threes in this game, but not a lot else to say. We finish out with the late game on ESPN last night, and it was a good one. Dallas and Phoenix. This was definitely one of those games that I I wish there were fans. Like, the the audio in the arena was not good. It was – there was, like, this weird lag where a player would score, and then, like, a second and a half later, some fake crowd noise would erupt. Um, But this would have been an awesome game if 20,000 people were there watching it. Um, I I thought Luka Doncic kind of struggled his way to 32, 8, and 5, which says a lot about where he is already in his career that he can have a game where he just really doesn't look all that good and, and still puts up those kind of numbers. 0 of six from the field. Um, I was watching this one with my girlfriend who uh, refused to believe that he's the MVP favorite. I uh, was consistently making fun of his appearance, including his weights. Um, so that kind of tells you like an objective observer is like, how is this guy good at basketball?
3: Right. Uh, we've all been wondering it this whole time. Yeah, like, right. No one's ever going to figure it out. Like, where did this come from? I feel like we need to know more about Doncic's like, growing up, you know, like, yeah. obviously he was a pro at, like, 15 years old or whatever, but I need to know even before that what was going on. Dude, it's funny you say that. I was
2: thinking the exact same thing last night. I'm like, we, Giannis is getting, like, multiple movies made about him. We know every, we know every single thing. There's a three-part podcast about his origin. Like, we still know very, very little about Doncic considering how big of a star he's become.
3: Right. It's, it's very strange. Yeah. Um, but what they share in common is that they can both struggle their way to 35, eight and yes. six. Um, and yeah, the, the rest of the team didn't look great. I mean, Finney Smith was like the second best effort on the team, which is not good. If yeah. you're just talking pure fantasy, um, the sons, you know, Chris Paul didn't have a great game, uh, but you know, that was, that was okay. Um, yeah. Uh, again, a balanced effort basically from the sons, like no one really stood out, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, Bridges, I guess, good game. You know, 18 points for him, seven rebounds. But Booker didn't go off. DeAndre Ayton didn't play that well. Um, They just got the whole team involved, which was good.
2: Neither team really played all that well, like you said. And it was kind of the benches that decided. I thought watching like Langston Galloway had a really nice stretch. I know that's not a sentence that a lot of people have, have said in world history. But he was awesome off the bench. Cam Johnson was really good. He continues to make me look foolish for making fun of that pick. Um, and then Jalen Brunson for for Dallas. I, Mark Jackson even said it on the broadcast. He's like, if Dallas comes back and wins this game, Jalen Brunson is the reason why. And he really was. Like he he kind of single handedly dragged them back into this one a couple times. Like Phoenix was leading comfortably throughout. It was always like six to twelve points. You know, Dallas would whittle it down to four, then would be back up to ten, then down to two, then up to ten. And Brunson was the guy who who really was was continuing to put the pressure uh, on on Phoenix. But this was just. I mean, Dallas is going to struggle, I think, without Porzingis, uh, especially against the good teams, and, and Phoenix very well might be one of those. Um, they're going to need better efforts. I mean, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. I thought was fine in this one, but, you know, Finney Smith going one of six from three. You know, when, when he's shooting a three, it's basically wide open. So you, you got to hit more than those. Um, I thought Kleber kind of launched a couple ill-advised threes from way behind the line in this game. Uh, that was a little iffy. Um, but with Dallas, you know, it's just – without Porzingis – the guys we're talking about here, you know, we're criticizing Finney Smith and, and Kleba. Right. That's those guys, you know, can't really be relied upon. So that's maybe the bigger issue is they don't, they certainly don't have a number two option without Porzingis. And even when Porzingis is there, I don't know that they have a true number three or number
3: four. Right. And this isn't, I mean, this isn't an easy first game, I think for Dallas, because I think Phoenix should be a pretty solid defensive team. You have bridges, you have Crowder, and you have Chris Paul, so it's not it's it's not an easy time going up against her starting five. But yeah, like you alluded to, neither team really played well. This was a game I think that had another super high over under, mm-hmm. and Dallas shot forty two percent from the field, twenty four percent from three. Yep, um, you know, the Suns weren't hitting their free throws, so mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Yeah, it worth noting too that if you're if you're just looking at the box score, like Aiden was in foul trouble early on, sat for extremely long portions of this game. Um, so I, I mean, he's not gonna play 24 minutes on most nights. Um, Jalen Smith probably doesn't play as much either. So those are two things to keep an eye on. Uh and then with Dallas, Tyrell Terry, DNP. I mean, this was a guy that a lot of people thought uh, a month ago might go like 10th overall in the draft. He slides to the second round and and as of right now at least maybe looking like once the G league season gets going and that won't be for a couple months, but uh, could, could end up spending a decent amount of time down there. um, And, and, you know, doesn't look like he's going to be in the rotation at least to begin the year.
3: Yeah. And Dwight Powell only saw 18 minutes again, someone we, we thought, you know, maybe sees 25, 26 minutes a game with Porzingis out and he still could, you know, it's his first real game back from an Achilles injury, but they play Kleber 27 minutes. They played Kali Stein six minutes, and they played jo- uh, James Johnson 14 minutes. So yeah. I'm not sure Powell kind of hits that minute ceiling that a lot of us hope he will, um, at least for fantasy.
2: I thought James Johnson checked all the usual boxes. He has his hair dyed blonde. He committed a flagrant foul on a layup. Um, so he's he's back to, to exactly what you would want from him. All right, let's finish out real quickly. We got five games on Christmas Day, on Friday, uh, starting with Pelicans Heat in the morning. I just want you to give me your pick and like 10 seconds on how this game is going to go. I'm not, I'm not saying like, who's going to, don't give me like an exact final score or who covers the spread, just who wins and, and how does it happen on a very basic level? So who wins Pelicans at heat 11 AM?
3: Uh, I'm going to bank on the heat here. Uh, you know, I, I think they're just, I mean, they're better than new Orleans. I, I I think new Orleans is not that good of a team, honestly. And I think Zion going up against Bam Adebayo is going to be tough. Um I think they have the defensive pieces to kind of shut down New Orleans to some extent but I I don't think it'll be a blowout the bar I think about it. I think it'll end up being a relatively close game. Okay. Warriors at Bucks 130 Central. Uh definitely blowout potential on this one, right? Um yep. you know, the the Warriors I'm, I'm interested to see Wiseman go up against Giannis just from like a rim protection standpoint. I think that will be fun, but um I think there is actually a high potential for Steph Curry to go off because the Bucs give up a ton of threes. Yeah. So, um, you know, he'll, I think he'll have a good game at least.
2: Nets at Celtics. This is the 4 PM central tip off.
3: Uh, this is tough. Um, you know, Boston played the Bucks really, really well, but I'm still not convinced that Boston's depth is good. Um, you know, I think Brooklyn is just going to overwhelm them. Honestly, you know, Durant versus Tatum, um, Kyrie versus Marcus Smart. Like, this will be a really fun game from a matchups perspective, right? This will be awesome. Mm-hmm. But I think Brooklyn's just going to end up winning here.
2: Yeah. I would say, I would say Brooklyn in a semi comfortable win. Not, not anything like we saw on Tuesday, but, you know, leading by like 8 to 12 throughout.
3: Boston's good enough defensively to where yeah. they shouldn't.
2: It, it shouldn't be awful. Yeah. All right. Mavs at Lakers, 7 p.m. This is the featured
3: game. Yeah. Again, this is. I feel like, you know, I'm just picking favorites the whole time, but, um, you know, I think Doncic will play a little better, but, um, the Mavericks depth is a problem right now. And I just, I couldn't confidently pick them over the Lakers. I also don't
2: think Doncic is in good shape at all, even (laughs) by his standards. Like he, he's a Husky, a Husky man right now. And I think it's going to be like a a few weeks or a month until we really get him at, at like peak, peak form.
3: There's no, there's no way he works out at home. Oh, you know no, what I mean? No, no. Like he, no. the gyms have to be open for Doncic to go.
2: I don't think he's really interested in that at this point. And it's not even like a knock on him. Like when you're that good, you can kind of do what you want. But I yeah, I've I'd like read some things over the or over the very short offseason that were like, yeah, when he goes to Slovenia, it's like we can't really do anything. We just hope he's in good shape when he comes back. All right, Lakers clip or Lakers Clippers, Clippers at Nuggets. Excuse me. This is the late one on Friday.
3: Um for some reason, I kind of like the Nuggets here. Um, I think Jokic is going to Jokic is going have to dominate this game, right? Yep. Because the, the worry for the the Nuggets is that you have Beverly on Jamal Murray kind of you know hounding him, and then you just throw Paul George and Kawhi Leonard at Michael Porter Jr. and Gary Harris, and that's going to be rough. But um, I think Jokic might be able to orchestrate this one, especially since, I mean, this is the – this is what we saw last year. You know, we, obviously we know that nuggets can beat the, the Clippers, um, in that way. So I'm, I'm leaning Denver, but it's not a strong lean.
2: Yeah. That's the game I'm looking forward to most. I think it's the best, the best matchup in a vacuum. All right, let's get out of here. It's Christmas Eve. We have family things to attend to. Um, I know you and I are going to be keeping an eye on, on news and obviously keeping an eye on these games as much as we can tomorrow. Um, But, yeah, it should be a fun Christmas. It should be a great season. We're off to a great start already after just two nights of games, and we will be back with a new episode probably early next week, huh?
1: Yep. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy.